to the Voice of HK podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Julie Bajik-Smith, and in over a decade, I have supported hundreds of older adults to improve their well-being in late life. This podcast offers an authentic insight into aged care, practical tips, and all the inspiration to keep you going. I truly believe that every older person needs to feel heard, loved, and understood. And it is my mission to halve the depression rates in Australian aged care facilities by 2022. I'm very excited to introduce um, my guest today. I've got Trish Kalia. She is a volunteer dog visitor in aged care homes. Um, she's associated with Delta Society, which is a large non-for-profit organization that is supported by volunteers and their family pets. Trish has a couple of beautiful dogs, Jessie and Ruby, and she visits aged care facilities and schools and rehab hospitals. Hello, Trish. How are you today? Hi, Julie. I'm good. Thank you. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this interview. I really have wanted to speak to a volunteer like yourself for a long time because I think it's so important what you do and the, the quality of visits and how, much, how many smiles you get when you visit aged care facilities. We get a lot of smiles. <laughs> <laughs> so I know myself that animals are very beneficial for older people or people in general because we, we get attached to them and you know people um, have special bonds with their pets. But I'm really interested to hear from you how you manage to incorporate Jesse, into your volunteer work and being able to, you know, have have those connections in aged care facilities with, you know, with older people and how did it all start? Well, um, my husband and I have been breeding um, golden retrievers. We just think they're the most beautiful dog. They have such a lovely nature and um, both of us are or were um, teachers, high school teachers. Um, husband was industrial arts on music. And, um, and as I said, we've been breeding them for, for the past 20 years. So we thought um, that maybe when we retired that we might like to actually spread our beautiful golden retrievers around a little bit and let other people share in um, the pleasures that they give us. So we had a lady who bought a puppy office about 15 years ago who introduced us to Delta Therapy Dogs and um, she was uh, one of the first Delta people volunteers in Newcastle and um, she was um, worked at the John Hunter and um, did the children's rounds up at the John Hunter. So we got to know this lady very well and um, we thought, well, that's sort of what we'd like to do when we retire and we have a bit of time on our hands. So that's basically what we did. And um, so we started four years ago with Jazzy and Misty, two of our girls. Um, they're now 10 and a half and 11. And um, so we ended up with two jobs for each of them. Um, Jazzy did the nursing home that I go to and also um, a library and Misty is our hospital girl. So since then we've had Millie come along and we've um, she's now working at a local high school and then the two young ones, Ruby and Abby, we had them assessed this year. So they're now, they're now sharing Jazzy and Misty's role at the hospitals and the nursing home and library. 
And the other thing with um, the nursing home that I go to that's sort of special, I kind of requested it when I first got the position was um, that I, um, my mum was actually in that nursing home. So um, I get it's an extra little visit that I get to see her each week. So, yeah, so that's sort of how we got involved. That is amazing. So how did you initially approach the nursing homes about the concept of visiting with a pet uh, were they welcome to it or did you have some hurdles or how did you address that initially? Well, I didn't actually approach them. What um, what I did was we decided to become therapy dog volunteers. So we had our um, Jazzy and Misty assessed. We have an assessment day and a training day um, once or twice a year. And so we, we hopped on the, the website and had a look at what was involved with, um, you know, what we, our dogs needed to be able to do and not do, and they pretty much fitted the categories very easily. So we went along, had them assessed. Once you're assessed and then you have the training day, then Delta, um, there are different facilities that have approached Delta to request a, a dog to come to their facility. So it was on the list, and I just um, mentioned that that's where my mum was, so the coordinator in Newcastle um, uh, signed us up. So basically it's a facility that requests the dog and then Delta then places the volunteer with that particular facility. And you mentioned that there is there are requirements that the dog needs to meet in order to uh, be a, a, you know, a visitor or involved in those visits. Can you just tell me a little bit about what are those requirements? Um, well, the first thing, the most important thing, I think, is that your dog likes people and wants to go and greet people. The dog has to be, um, has some basic training, as in um, the normal sit, stay, come, uh, recall type commands. Um, they have to be able to loose lead walk. And it's not like super important that the dogs are super duper well trained, just that they react well with you as their handler. Um, there's a lot of people that actually have really good dogs but don't know how to handle them properly and don't, don't get through because of that, that bond between the, the human and the dog has to be really good. So that if, um, for example, the assessment, um, we do like a normal sit, stay, come type thing, the assessor holds the dog while you go and um, hide behind a tree or a building. Um, they want to see what the stress levels are in your dog when you're not around. They come back. You have to walk through a crowd of people that are with wheelchairs or walking frames, you know, or walking funny. Um, so you walk through that particular crowd and then um, you walk back through it again. This time the crowd are making as much noise as they can. They're banging their walking frames and they're um, yelling and some of them are walking really really weirdly and some are dropping things on the ground and again it's to see the stress levels and how your dog reacts to that type of thing because you never know where, if you're in a nursing home if you know how people are going to react or noises sudden noises so they have to be able to cope with that pretty well and they're looking to see how you control that situation with your dog how you help to keep them calm um, if you're working with children, you have to do an extra little test um, with this um, doll, which is quite interesting. The dogs just look at it and think, oh, it's not really a person, but um, they just want to see that your dog can lay calmly while people are sitting around the dog. That's basically the assessment. So it's, it's, I think the main thing is, one, that your dog wants to be around people and to like people, and secondly, that you have a really good um, bond with them. Oh, the other thing is that for our Golden Retrievers, the hardest part of the assessment is walking past a, a muffin that's sitting in, uh, at dog height 
And again, I mean, our dogs will grab it if you let them, but you have to just control your dog and walk past it. And even if you like constantly talking to them, leave it, leave it, leave it. And I understand the, the only other requirement is that the dog needs to be, you know, not a puppy, so at least over a year old. Sorry, yeah, 18 months old they have to be. And I think when they get to, I think it's um, yeah, age eight, they have to be reassessed every 12 months. And from 18 months to eight years of age, they have to be reassessed every two years. So um, it's just to show, like, for example, um, Jazzy, as she's getting older, she's um, 11 now, she's got a, a, a little shoulder issue. So I just have to be very aware of, um, of that. She has to have a vet check every 12 months to make sure that she's okay. And if I'm working with children with Jazzy, I just have to be conscious of, you know, making sure that the kids don't touch her in that area. And, you know, not that she's, you know, bad at all. She's just like a, just a, a yeah. Anyway, um, just have to be conscious of that. But that's why they do the regular checks and you get them vet checked every year to make sure they're healthy and able to cope with what they're doing. Yeah, wow. And so th- those are all the requirements of the dog. And then requirements of the you is obviously your time. You need to be able to commit to having a couple of hours a week where you can spend volunteering and giving back to your community. Yeah, yeah. The, um, the average visit for a dog is an hour and a half. Sometimes uh, we go a little bit longer, but mostly around the hour and a half and then your travel time. So it's about a two-hour commitment each week um, um can't remember exactly how many weeks you you have to do it for but i mean if you need to go on holidays that's okay you just let the um the facility know that uh, you know you're going to be away for a few weeks usually if i just miss one week or the odd one here and there i usually make it up on a different day so uh, i try and we pretty much go probably 40 48 times a year <laughs> that's still that's a big commitment absolutely trish can you tell me a little bit uh, about how you structure your visit. How I structure my visit. So um, basically um, the first visit to a facility, I usually go around with another Delta uh, volunteer. It used to be the coordinator for Newcastle and she would just walk around with you and just make sure that you are happy and settled in what you were doing. But basically um, the nursing home I visit are very relaxed. I just pop in and say hello to the office people as I walk past and then pop around and see the lifestyle people and have a bit of a chat with them. Sometimes they let me know if there's a resident that um, they'd like me to visit for a particular reason. Uh, But normally it's just a bit of a a chat and uh, off we go. So the facility I go to has two levels up and downstairs. It's pretty much in a square formation with a, a, a corridor up the middle. So I literally just walk around the top level. Um, usually the first port of call is the dining room where they often have some um, uh, like entertainment on on the day that I go. So it might be, um, I don't know, some singers or some belly dancers or, or a performer of some sort of country singer or whatever. So there's usually quite a few people, residents um, up in that area. So I just um, take Jazzy or Ruby around and um, just they just sit next to each one, one of them, and they get a bit of a pat. And from there, I just walk around and visit people in their rooms. Um, I always ask if I can, you know, are you up for a visit today? Would you like to meet Jazzy today? And especially with new residents that I don't know very well. Um, So there are some residents that don't want to have dogs. So you just say hello to them. I usually just stand at the door and have a chat anyway because they like having a bit of a chat. Um, So I pretty much try and visit as many people as I can on the top floor. And And then I head downstairs and do the same thing downstairs. Usually uh, I end up in the theatre room downstairs where um, 
usually there's about maybe 10 ladies and gentlemen that are doing a word game. One of them is usually my mum. So I finish up in that particular area and um, sit with them for, for half an hour and um, there's usually a bit of a fight um, between three of the residents, including my mum, that want to um, see who's the first person to give, um, not fight, but just um, just to see who the first person is that would, you know, get, it, get be able to give a treat to Jazzy. So Jazzy, I don't let her eat anything on the way around because as she's getting older, she starts to drool a little bit and no one wants to pat a wet dog. So I make her wait for it. And um, it's quite funny, the last corridor... Um, she really doesn't want to go and say hello to people because she knows that Beryl and, and uh, some of the other ladies and my mum are, are waiting at the other end with food. So, oh, right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I just, you know, as I get into the room, she literally goes straight and sits in front of them and she's looking around to see who's going to give her a treat first. But, yeah, they're very food-oriented. But anyway, that's, um, that's basically what I do. That's basically what you do. So I, I know from the... The benefits of visiting aged care facilities, uh, you know, with pets, that it includes both physiological benefits and psychosocial benefits. You know, physiologically, we know that uh, in, through increased levels of activity, the benefits of being around animals is really good for people because, you know, it gets them up, you know, it gets them moving. And also that psychosocially that they they have the increased sense of empathy and acceptance. Have you noticed any changes in, in you know in people from when you approach them to how you know how they respond with Jazzy and how you know they might respond after a few minutes of spending time patting your dog or just being in their presence? Yeah, there's so many, so many stories I could tell you. Um, there's one, one that just jumps out at me is uh, a lady who had um, dementia um, and um, she pretty much didn't interact with anybody. Um, it was quite sad watching her decline um, over, the, over the months. But um, when I'd bring Jazzy and when she first arrived there, she used to always come up and because she used to be walking around the facility and she'd follow me around and she'd pat, pat the dog and make little comments and then keep walking and then she'd meet me again and pat. And, and um, anyway, as she got on, um, she wasn't really recognising, you know, people that came to visit her or you'd say hello to her and just wouldn't really respond. But she did watch Jazzy um, come down the corridor and you could see her looking, you could see her focusing on, on Jazzy and then so I'd bring Jazzy up and just sit next to her and then lift her hand onto her head and then it would just bring this little smile to her face. So she was pretty much, as far as I'm aware, the only reaction that she had, you know, in the latter part of her life. So I just always remember that. Um, I think, um, you know, like even just the feeding thing with, with Jazzy, um, you know, the, the residents, you know, hop up and they they're prepared, you know, they have the biscuits ready and they, um, you know, they have a little towel that they put over their legs that one in particular moves along so that each person doesn't get any drool on their clothes and stuff and um, just little things like that. Uh, there's another lady that uh, Jazzy, there's only two people in the whole nursing home that Jazzy will jump up on their bed as in just putting their two paws up and um, this particular lady was always in bed but always wanted to pat Jazzy and, um, and, and we taught her because we've spent like all our life of her life teaching her not to jump up and then we had to try and teach her to jump up onto her bed um, or just with a pause up. So we finally got her to do it and just the joy on, on this lady's face, you know, because, you know, Jazzy was making that effort to say hello to her. And one of the sad parts is when 
uh, residents die and um, you're not prepared for it. You sort of walk around and this particular lady, the, the day that we went into her room and there was no one there and Jazzy just sat at the door and looked and thought, what's going on? And then she went over and jumped up on the bed and she could see her looking and trying to find out where this particular lady was. So that was a bit of a shock. That's probably one of the downfalls of, of doing um, doing what I do. But, you know, there's a, another gentleman that I visit each week that he's just, uh, you know, he's not mobile enough now to pat Jazzy and Jazzy can't really jump up on his bed anymore either. Um, but he still, you know, enjoys her visits and looks forward to it. It's amazing. So you you do a lot of work in those two hours that, you know, um, you are at the facility, including your travel. And I think you've also already partially answered my question um, that's coming up. I wanted to know about the challenges of your role. And it sounds like dealing with death and dying is something that perhaps... That's difficult. Yeah, I kind of wish that we were, um, you know, maybe someone could let us know before we went around <laughs> so you're aware. But, I mean, that just doesn't, it just doesn't happen, I guess. But um, things like um, patients can be... There's a, a particular married couple that, um, that always love to see Jazzy, especially when I go in. And um, the other day I saw you know, the, the wife walking around and she was obviously very distressed and she said, oh, I just can't tell you, I just, I'm just so upset. And I said, well, you know, so I went and saw the, vis- the husband in his room and he was really upset. And literally I just probably spent 15 minutes with them just, just talking to them, you know, and they didn't tell me what was wrong, but, you know, I just tried to cheer them up and, you know, Jazzy definitely calmed them down and they were in a fairly good mood when I left 15 minutes later. So little things like that help. Some people don't like dogs at all, but, you know, happy for me to have a chat. Um, some of them, it definitely reminds them of their own dog. There's one particular lady that just goes, oh, Toby, Toby, um, every time I come in. And, and then she, she says to me later, she says, I know it's really jazzy, but I just pretend. <laughs> <laughs> but it gives her a nice sense of, yeah, yeah. engagement with the animal. And, and people that, you know, can't move very much will make the effort to actually move their arms to, to try and pat the dog, which I think is really nice. And they just smile and laugh at you when you go around and you just have a chat and, um, I don't know, it's just it's a nice thing to do. I like it. <laughs> That's beautiful. And I think also um, you've briefly touched on it, uh, you visit people in their own homes. So you also, I mean, in their own rooms. So you also see quite a few people who have you know, who are isolated, who are bed-bound and um, being able to see a dog, it must really light up their face because they they don't often, you know, get engagement with animals. So I think that that's, yeah, that's another element to it. There's quite a few people at the nursing home I go to that um, stay in their room and a couple of them are quite young, youngish people, you know, maybe in their 50s or so and, um, and they're there for various um, health reasons but... Um, just, um, you know, at least I can go in and visit them and they mightn't leave their room. There's one, one particular guy that um, the lifestyle ladies have asked me to visit, um, make sure I visit each week because he and try and encourage him to come out of the room. Might happen, I don't know, uh, you know. Yeah, no, that's, that's very true sometimes, yeah. One of the other things we have to watch too is um, the stress and tiredness of, of the dogs, you know, because it really takes it out of them. You wouldn't maybe think it would, but sort of, you know, an hour and a half of walking around and people patting and, um, and you know, they're concentrating and doing what you ask them to do and they do get, um, you know, a little bit stressed and tired so you just have to be watching your dog at the same time and making sure they're happy and, 
um, doing things. So, but I, I must tell you, Jazzy um, knows, and I don't know, don't know how she knows, but she instinctively goes up to um, the, and puts her head near a hand that works. Um, so there might be stroke victims that can only move one arm and she knows which arm to go to. I don't know how she does it, but it's pretty much 100% of the time she'll pick the right arm to go to. So I think that's quite funny. <laughs> Not funny, but... That is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I guess from my point of view at the nursing home, you know, um, is just listening to the, the people and trying to, to talk to them. A lot of the time they don't talk back, which is, makes it really hard. But, you know, you just do what you can and try and put the dogs. That's another little challenge is trying to get the dog, especially Jazzy, who's older, close enough for them to pat, you know, because some of the, the chairs that they're in, are, you know, those laid-back chair bed things, you know, they're, they're hard to get the dog, you know, close to them. So Ruby, the young one, she tends to do better at that because I should just readily jump up on a chair, but um, Jazzy's not so much. So that's another little challenge, I guess, just trying to... Um, adapt each dog like each resident to what jazzy can do yes yes and really as you said being careful and mindful of that time and that hour and a half in what you can do in terms of you know how many people you can see how many visits you can do but also managing the dog and their own stress and tiredness I don't, I don't get to see everybody. And, you know, if you walk past and the door's shut or half closed, I don't go in. That's just, you know, respect their privacy. And, um, unless it's someone that I know, <laughs> you know, I'll go and knock and say, do you want to see? You know, they'll either say yes or no. Yeah, but I think for our listeners, because they don't know about the size of the place that you go to, it's a big facility. So in the hour and a half, you, you would see quite a lot of people because I think it would be at least 50 people that, you know, you go past, which is a lot for a a dog to encounter in that short period of time. Probably even more than that. <laughs> mm, probably even more. Yeah, that's right. It would be a very small percentage that, you know, she wouldn't actually see. So, Trish, do you have any tips for listeners who might be wanting to explore organising pet visits in aged care homes? Well, um, I guess if you want a Delta dog <laughs> to go to a facility, I, you know, hop on the Delta website. It's deltasociety.com.au um, and there's all the information on there that you would need to know. So it's got information about the programs that Delta run, for example, the Delta Therapy Dogs, which is what um, Jazzy and Ruby are doing. There's Pause for Pressure, or sorry, Pause the Pressure. Um, we did, I've done three of those this year. That's where a, a facility or something um, like a business um, or the John Hunter Hospital, for example, um, uh, asked for Delta dogs to come along for a couple of hours to do specifically for the staff. Um, so we did one at the John Hunter earlier this year um, just for the doctors. So we went around different wards. I think there were five of us went to different wards and um, just for the staff, just for the doctors and the nurses on the thing. Uh, we did one just last Saturday at um, the Junction Shopping Centre um, for, I think it's, is it Mental mental Health Week month this month, I think? So it was to do with that and we went to Price Waterhouse Coopers for a, um, on the Are You OK Day. So, yeah, so we've done three of those this year. So they're, they're, all the information for that's on the website. They did dog safe um, things for mostly for young school children, um, you know, different ways to handle dogs and to be around dogs. They do a classroom, classroom canine um, program, which is one of our girls, Millie, does that. She goes to a local high school and um, works with the special ed kids at the school. 
and they also do the Bark Reading Program, which um, Jazzy and Ruby do out at um, Belmont Library and have uh, little kids come and read to them. So sort of very, um, yeah. So all of that information's on there, but you can also hop on the website and find out how, if you think you've got a dog that would be suitable as a therapy dog, um, it gives you information on how you become a volunteer and also it shows a video of the assessment procedure. Um, if you want to receive a visit, like if you're a nursing home or an aged care facility that wanted a dog to come and visit, all the information is on that particular website. And also you might want to um, support Deltas. So maybe some people might want to make a donation or sponsor a team. For example, um, Wednesday Guardian Chemist uh, sponsors of Ralph and I for our girls and um, they pay don't know, I can't remember how much money to, to Delta. And so we on our shirts we have a have their logo um, on our sleeves and um, that's just an extra way because we're a non-for-profit organisation and we have to get our money to be able to support um, putting, um, I think it costs $1,200 to put one Delta team like myself and Jazzy into a facility. So um, we have to raise the money somewhere. But that's basically what's on the, the Delta website. But um, I think if you're at any type of um, aged care facility, the, the uh, benefits are just amazing. That's right. Yeah. This morning I went. I had the chance to go around with a, a new volunteer who has a, a huge Mastiff dog. Um, he's 80 kilos and um, I went around with this lady, a volunteer, and her dog for the first time and um, the response from the, the people, the residents at that facility was just amazing. Some of them were a bit scared because he was so big. But others are going, oh, isn't he beautiful? And, you know, you ju could just see the joy in their face that, that this one visit did, you know. So um, I think they're looking forward to going back. So That's amazing. Yeah. And it's just, it, it, you know, as you say, it really is about that bond between animals and, and humans. And I know initially when I asked you um, to do this interview with me, you know, you said, oh, I'm not sure what I can talk about, but... You know, it's a shame we can't interview Jazzy, but I'm sure Jazzy would have few, you know, insights into what it's like for her visiting aged care homes because sure I've seen her tail wagging many times and I know that she's very happy to do it as well. She's a lovely dog and Ruby as well. She's settled down. We used to call her rat bag Ruby, but uh, she's really good. Um, the other connection too that, we, that Ralph and I have is with um, uh, Ralph Tech's Misty and Abby to Rankin Park Rehab Hospital and John Hanna Hospitals. There are hospital dogs and quite a few, not quite a few, but some of the residents, oh, sorry, sorry, some of the patients at Rankin Park Rehab Hospital are now residents in, um, in aged care. I met one lady this morning and I know there's two at, um, at the facility I go to that were, that know Ralph through, and Misty through Rankin Park Rehab. So there's a bit of a connection there. They were really happy to to keep the visits, oh, you've got a Delta dog here and they're very yeah, happy to um, keep that, that um, connection going. So That's amazing. I'm sure Jazzy has met a lot of elderly people in hospitals and in aged care homes and, yeah. She's such a gentle dog and she's just perfect because all she wants to do is um, get patted. If, you, if it hits near your hand and you stop patting her, she just nudges you to get, you know, keep going, don't stop. <laughs> she's just a lovely girl. Beautiful. Thank you, Trish, so much for your time and for sharing your experience in aged care facilities with, with me. And I'm sure the listeners are quite impressed with the range of services that 
Delta provides and also what is required for a dog to be become a Delta therapy dog. There's a lot involved in it. There's a lot involved, but it's not that hard. <laughs> no, no, but I think it's just important to to protect the, the visitors but also to protect the dog as well and to make sure, I think, for you that the, the challenge is to mediate between the two in those visits to make sure that Jazzy feels safe with you and also, you know, that the therapeutic benefits for, for people in terms of being able to pat the dog and have interaction. One thing I didn't, didn't tell you is that because we have five dogs and they do five jobs, Ralph and I will, um, they pretty much know day by day whose turn it is. They, I don't know how they, they must work it out from this one went yesterday, so it must be my turn today type thing. I'm not quite sure. But you put your red shirts on of the morning and um, you go out and it's sort of like, oh, is it me? Is it my turn? Whose turn is it? And they get really, really, really excited that they're going. And then um, once you start to brush and groom one of them, they go, the others go, oh, okay, it's her turn. (laughs) (laughs) The others go pop in their bed and then the other one's strutting around going, it's me, it's me. (laughs) So it sounds like you've got a very good routine going on at home. It's really quite funny to watch them there. yeah, they're funny, but they. But my point is that they they love going and um, they love they love doing it. So yeah, and, and sounds like you enjoy it as well. So well done to you. It's very rewarding. It's very um, yeah, it makes you feel good. Thank you so much, Trish, for your time. You're welcome. Thanks, Julie. <laughs> Well, that is another episode of The Voice of Aged Care done and dusted. Be sure to become a subscriber on your podcast app of choice so that you don't miss out when I release the next episode. I'd love to know what you're thinking of this podcast and what you'd like to hear in the future. So please leave a rating and review too. Over on my website, wisecare.com.au, with one click, you can grab a copy of my three top downloader resources on mental health and well-being in older age. Let's face it, this can be a complex topic and I want to give you practical strategies to deal with it. Go to wisecare.com.au for your free copy of these three amazing resources. See you in the next episode.